السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأصلي وأسلم على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا وحبيبنا وكرة أعيننا محمد بن عبد الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أفضل الصلاة وأتم التسليم أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في قرآنه العزيز بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا قيما لينذر بأسا شديدا من لدنه ويبشر المؤمنين الذين يعملون الصالحات أن لهم أجرا حسنا ماكثين فيه أبدا وينذر الذين قالوا اتخذ الله ولدا ما لهم به من علم ولا لآبائهم كبرت كلمة تخرج من أفواههم يقولون إلا كذبا فلعلك باخع نفسك على آثارهم إن لم يؤمنوا بهذا إن لم يؤمنوا بهذا الحديث أسفا إنا جعلنا ما على الأرض زينة لها لنبلوهم لنبلوهم أيهم أحسن عملا وإنا لجاعلون ما عليها صعيدا جرزا أم حسبت أن أصحاب الكهف والرقيم كانوا من آياتنا أم حسبت أن أصحاب الكهف والرقيم كانوا من آياتنا عجبا إذ أول فتية إلى الكهف فقالوا ربنا ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة وهيئ لنا وهيئ لنا من أمرنا رشدا All praise and thanks be to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Him the Almighty to send His blessings and salutations upon the final messenger, our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, his family members, his companions, and all those who tread upon his path with utmost sincerity until the day of Qiyamah. My dear respected elders and brothers in Islam, first and foremost, I remind myself, and then all of you all present here to bring in a life of taqwa, and that is to be conscious, that is to be aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during every single second of your lives and that is if you wish to attain victory, if you wish to attain success in this world as well as the hereafter, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all from the people of taqwa and may He make us from the victorious and successful ones. Ameen. According to the Gregorian calendar, a new year has dawned upon us. That is established. But along with that, 
if you were to take a fleeting glance at the world around us, we also arrive at a swift, a swift conclusion that there's so much of confusion, there's so much of chaos, so much of turmoil going on around us. Humanity is in shambles. War threats are being made. We don't know the right. The, 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 we, we do not know in regards to the direction that we are headed towards. And again, we can swiftly conclude that we are in the latter stages. We are in the latter stages. Now, in regards to when doomsday, when the day of Qiyamah is going to take place, that is knowledge that is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the famous hadith of Jibreel, the hadith of Gabriel, Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam, in the guise of a man, he asks the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, fa'akhbirni ani sa'ah, tell me about the last day. And the eloquent response of the Prophet was a powerful response. He goes on to say, Mal mas'oolu anha bi'a'lama min as-sa'il. He establishes that the one who is being questioned, i.e. myself, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the greatest of prophets, the most beloved of creation unto Allah. I and you, O Gabriel, O Jibreel, the greatest of angels, archangel Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam, you and I, we are on the same level. We do not know. In other words, in a sense, the one who is being questioned knows no better than the questioner. If you, the questioner, do not know when the day of Qiyamah is going to take place, then I, the one who is being questioned, I do not know as well. And in ayat, Allah establishes that it is something that only Allah knows. But Allah has revealed unto our Prophet ﷺ signs in regards to the day of Qiyamah. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, went on to make prophecies. We have a hadith that talk about these signs. The Prophet ﷺ prophesied many a sign. So from the signs, you have the minor signs and the major signs. If you were to study the narrations, you can go on to list the minor signs. Some scholars have even gone on to list almost about a hundred minor signs. And in terms of the major signs, you have 10 major signs. 10 major signs. As for the minor signs, now if you're thinking that we have 100 signs, so I think we have a lot more to, you know, face and there is more to go in terms of time, etc. The scholars also point out that from the minor signs, the majority of them have already taken place. We just have a handful of minor signs remaining and then the major signs will start to take place one after the other. From these major signs, due to the brevity of time, I need to delve straight into the content. The stage is being set for the greatest of fitan. And this fitan is going to come in the form of an individual. An individual that every single prophet that was sent from amongst the hundred thousand odd prophets warned their nations about. There was not a single prophet except that he warned his nation from Nuh to Ibrahim to Saleh to Musa to Isa Every single prophet warned their nations about this individual because the fitna of this individual is going to be so great that mankind would never, mankind has never experienced Fitna upon trials and tribulations, if you were to translate fitna, trials and tribulations upon such a scale. The Prophet ﷺ, in every prayer he would seek refuge in Allah from the fitna of this individual. In every single prayer. 
Today we're going to quickly touch on Al-Masih. And no, I'm not going to be talking about the Netflix series. We are going to be specifically talking about, we're going to be talking about Al-Masih al-Dajjal. The Messiah, yes, but Al-Masih al-Dajjal. Now if you take these two terms, Al-Masih and Al-Dajjal, Al-Masih is an Arabic term, so is Dajjal. Al-Masih stems from Masaha Yamsahu. So to understand, we have two messiahs that have been predicted, two Masih, two Masihs. One is Al-Masih Isa ibn Maryam, that is Isa, the son of Maryam, who is the true messiah. And then we have Al-Masih al-Dajjal, the false messiah. So Al-Masih al-Dajjal, he is called Al-Masih because one, scholars interpret Al-Masih from the root Masaha Yamsahu, which means to wipe over. And that is established because his eyes, he's not going to be, based on the descriptions of the Prophet, by the way, he's not going to be, like some people think, the minion character with one eye on top of the head. No, he's going to have two eyes. One eye will be wiped over, almost as if flesh has grown over it. He'll have a defect in both eyes. The other eye, the eyeball will be protruding and floating around like a grape. So he will have two eyes. One eye, Mamsuh, wiped out, where there'll be flesh that has grown over it. And the other eye will, will be protruding and the eyeball will be floating around like a grape. The term Dajjal stems from Dajjala which means to conceive, to mix up. He will deceive people. He'll mix up falsehood everywhere to, to, to confuse the masses. He will build a huge following as per the description put forth by the Prophet And in regards to this individual, some people think of him as a metaphor. Some people think of him as a concept. Some people think that, you know what, maybe technology is Dajjal. Maybe the television is Dajjal. Maybe the World Wide Web is Dajjal, but no. When you go through the ahadith, we have almost about 50 narrations upon a mutawatir level where we have so many. When we say mutawatir, it is the highest level of authenticity in the, in, in the sciences of hadith where we have so many narrators narrating about Dajjal and very vivid and, 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 and explicit descriptions put forth by the Prophet ﷺ to describe him as a human being. When hadith of Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said that he is going to be a man from the children of Adam. He'll be a man from the children of Adam. His eyes, like I described, he will have the wording kafir written on his forehead. Either kafir as one word or kaf, fa, and ra to establish the disbelief that he is upon. And the Prophet in that hadith went on to state that anyone who has an ounce of iman in his or her heart will be able to read this inscription regardless of whether they are literate or illiterate. He will be pigeon-toed. In other words, there will be a crookedness in his feet where his toes and his feet will be turning inwards. He'll be stocky, he'll be built, have curly hair, a ruddy complexion. There are many characteristics put forth by the Prophet ﷺ across these hadith. He will be sterile. He will have no children. He will be sterile. He will have no children. And this individual, he will come at a time when humanity will be in shambles. He'll come at a time when the scholars stop talking about this individual from the manabir, from the pulpits. Perhaps they'll be restricted from talking against him. They'll be restricted or they'll choose not to talk or perhaps they'll forget to talk about him. He'll come at a time of that nature, the time frame as such. He'll come at a time when there'll be 
hunger and starvation gripping the world a lot of us haven't actually faced real hunger when you face that you'll understand the level of desperation that you'll be in and when he comes with mountains of food you see the hadith that talk about the the, the signs toward the latter stages are, are generally most of the time cryptic they need interpretation for example the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says from the signs towards the latter stages is that a slave girl will give birth to her mistress you'll see barefoot uh, barefooted naked shepherds destitute shepherds competing in in building lofty skyscrapers it's a discussion for another day but you can either take it literally or you can take it upon its metaphorical sense so they're cryptic and they need to be interpreted through the light of the quran and the sunnah so it's established that this individual is going to be the greatest of trials and if you look around the world you see that the stage is being set for this individual and as per the words of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he's going to come and he will be amidst us for 40 for 40 and then the prophet went on to say from that 40 the first day will be like a year the second day will be like a month the third day will be like a week and thereafter the days will go like regular days now again it's a cryptic narration you can either calculate it literally and say okay one year plus one month plus one week plus the remaining days and arrive at the total period of time that the jal will be amidst mankind or it could be interpreted as such where what the first day time will go slowly where it will almost seem as if it is like a year and day number 2 will seem like it is a month day number 3 will seem like it is a week and interestingly when the prophet mentioned this now one you can ask yourselves what thoughts were crossing your mind when i mentioned this narration perhaps you're trying to think of how scientifically it's possible how logically it's possible and the relativity of time and what not the first question that the sahaba put forth was ya rasulullah on such a day if we were to be alive how are we to pray subhanallah look at look at look at their priorities salah How are we to pray if 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 the first day is going to be like a year how are we to pray how are we to structure our prayers because that's that's what their priority was and then the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam went on to educate them that you will estimate the times of prayer and pray during that day my dear respected elders and brothers in islam trials and tribulations are headed our way as per the predictions of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as per one particular hadith mankind will be in such a state that when it is afflicted with a trial people will look at the trial and say this trial is the worst of them all and then that trial will be lifted and another trial will be brought about and then they will say okay this trial is the worst of them all and then that will be lifted and another trial will come about until the jal comes and the jal will be the worst and the greatest of trials now in terms of the descriptions as we as we make our way towards the conclusion i mentioned that he will be physically deformed one or both of his eyes kafir will be written on his forehead he will claim to be the true messiah he will claim claim to be al masih in the first place he will claim to push people towards god and then eventually he will claim divinity he will claim divinity and in that hadith the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam goes on to establish that when he claims divinity you should know that you cannot see allah in this world and allah is free of imperfections allah is perfect so in no way can his description fit the description of allah he will be pigeon toed like i mentioned he will emerge 
as per the words of the Prophet ﷺ, from the east, from a land called Khurasan. And the people that will follow him, he will, his, his, the bulk of his following will be from the Jews of Isfahan. From the Jews of Isfahan. And these individuals will have faces like flattened out shields. Like flattened out shields. And scholars have gone on to comment that they'll have facial features like the people of the Far East. Like flattened out shields. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ says he will emerge from between Iraq and Sham. So in terms of reconciling these narrations, he will first emerge from the land known as, from, from the lands of Isfahan. And eventually he'll start making claims. He will use, now we, we, the other thing that you have to understand, my dear brothers in Islam, is that we look at Dajjal and we think of him as, you know, this traditional individual or this, you know, like a dinosaur, like an individual. He will come at a time... Look at the advancements made in technology. He will, he will use every tool at his disposal to spread his message of falsehood. He'll use technology. He'll use the media. He'll use every tool at his disposal to spread falsehood. He'll build followers. He'll have a huge following. Allahu Alam, he may even have social media pages and build a following on that. Today we follow anything and everything, right? And he'll start spreading his falsehood. And then the Prophet also went on to proffer, uh, he went on to put out prophecies where he will be eradicated by the descending of Isa the true Messiah. He will come and he will kill him. And at that point, people will be riding ho on horses. They'll be using sticks and stones and swords to defend themselves. And in a way, that might sound cryptic again and ambiguous to us because now we live at a time where there's so much of advancements in technology, in, in, in weaponry, in warfare weaponry. You may have come across the quote of Albert Einstein where he said that I do not know with what weapons World War III will be fought. But I do know that World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. So World War III is going to be that damaging. You see countries preparing their nuclear weapons, threats being made left, right and center. It's going to be so disastrous, it will destroy civilization. It will literally destroy mankind and take us back to square one. Where we won't have technology at our disposal at a certain point of time. We'll go back to the ancient methods. And in a way, that's where the world is headed. But now, having said all of this, what is a believer's perspective or how is a believer supposed to look at all of this? A believer, my dear brothers in Islam, is supposed to be positive. A believer is supposed to be strong. A believer is supposed to place his trust in Allah. A believer is supposed to seek refuge in Allah. The ayat that I read at the inception, as per one particular hadith, the Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said that the fawatih of Suratul Kahf, the first ten ayat of Suratul Kahf, should be read as protection from this individual at Dajjal. In every prayer, you read, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min fitnatil masih al Dajjal. You're seeking refuge in Allah, protection from Allah, from al Dajjal. So we constantly need to keep turning to Allah, seeking refuge in Allah, placing our trust in Allah, being firm upon our faith. 
And inshallah, we will cross through these trials. That is, if Allah gives us life to remain until then. If we are taken before that, then we have escaped. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the fitan of Ad-Dajjal. And it is important that we educate ourselves, my dear brothers in Islam, as I conclude. It's important to educate ourselves in regards to our deen, in regards to these concepts, in regards to the signs, so that we can recognize them, so that we can prepare ourselves, so that we can pro uh, pro protect ourselves. We shouldn't be groping in the darkness, believing in this and that. No, our deen is bright. This luminous light that is guiding us forward. So it's important that we hold on to our deen, the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. With that I conclude, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us of our sins, to accept our good deeds, to help us gain solid footing in terms of the deen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open doors of beneficial knowledge for all of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from these fitan, and especially the fitna of a dajjal May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with good lives in this world as well as the hereafter. And just as how he unites us here, may he unite us in the gardens of Jannah with our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Amin, amin. Wa akhir da'wayan. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.